Enough bickering. I know how to settle this. No kickboxing. Oh. Give it up, Andy. I'll study all your moves. Yeah, study this! Today, mostly looking back at the pay-per-view UFC 295, uh, we said this card was booked for violence and holy shit, it delivered. Uh, every fight on the main card was finished within two rounds by knockout. And um, the prelims were mostly pretty good too. And uh, the fucking mad lad did it again. Uh, Alex Pereira now two-division UFC champion within six, seven fights. And, um, yeah, I mean, this was pretty much the fight that we, and, I mean, everyone called it out to be. Jiri just um, cannot be trusted. (laughs) Yeah, he was having a lot of success with, like, coming forward and putting combinations on him, but he was getting low-kicked basically any time Pereira decided to. And he was getting real skittish whenever Pereira would show counters, uh, and it would kind of slow his his snowball a lot. He he seemed to be getting close towards the end of the second because it seemed like he wore on Pereira with the grappling in the first round, but he he just kind of got caught and got like his head juggled onto a left hook. Yeah, I mean he didn't really commit to the grappling as hard as I maybe thought he was going to try to couple of takedown attempts nothing really materialized from what i can remember was mostly just kind of trying to show takedowns to come up with uppercuts it's not like he wasn't having success on the feet um because he's just long and puts dangerous combinations together and Pereira wasn't really concerned with putting numbers out there or trying to compete with Jerry on volume. He was kind of just like, well, do a low kick when we're at range and then try and just get Jerry to commit to blitzes and try and nail him once really hard and knock him the fuck out. Like, just before the finish materializes, uh, Alex Pereira gets chased from one side of the octagon directly backwards to the other side, uh, just getting punched in the head repeatedly and then just stands there and just wangs a left hook. And uh, I mean, what did you think about the stoppage? I thought the stoppage was slightly early, but uh, I'm not like too upset about it. It's hard to be that frustrated with the stoppage when the fighter's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, it's fair. I was out." Yeah, and you just, you can't go down like that. Yeah, I and I think uh, I think Jerry isn't the type of fighter who eats that type of shot, and then 
recovers necessarily. Like, I think he's really tough and he has like infinite mental toughness, but if he's like dead to rights, unconscious and he's mounted, I don't really think there's much he's going to do about that. Cause the, the Reyes situation was different. Cause he got like, knocked up by an upkick that woke up on top of him. Like, I don't think it's a question of his heart. It just seems like a, the fight would have just been more him getting knocked down over and over. I think he has to avoid getting hurt badly to be able to win that fight. You know, we've seen him eat some shots, but he got like slumped. And you just, you, you can't fall like that. And then, like, as you're trying to get up, just eat a ton of elbows and fall directly back into mount. The fight's going to get stopped. And yeah, Jerry didn't have a problem with it. Um, I can see a case for letting it go a little longer, but. Prayer would have had to fumble it real bad to not finish it from there. Yeah, and the other thing is, say with a fight like um, like Marab versus Marlon Marias, where someone gets like, you know, fight should have been stopped, and then they let it go on, and um, you know, the other guy comes back to win, and people will be like, oh well, the ref really knew what he was doing, knew knew he was still in there. And it's like, well, just because someone has the like insane physical and mental toughness to be able to get knocked out and then come back from that and still win a fight. Doesn't mean that like that retrospectively means that it it was a good decision and the fight still shouldn't have been stopped. Um, so I think this was fine. And even it was, if it was a little early, I always say I prefer early than late. Yeah. The, the stoppage was the, it was only, I think people were only getting upset about it because the fight was less exciting than we were hoping for. It wasn't a bad fight at all. It's just the finish was a little unceremonious because he, he got hit by a kind of ugly shot that made him fall weird. And then he got elbowed in the side of the head. It wasn't like a, a clean guy just gets sparked out like people were probably hoping for. But the, I mean, both guys look good. I think Pereira has slowed down a bit, but going up to late heavyweights kind of helped him there. Yeah, I mean, he's getting up there in age. He's just had a really long combat sports career. Yeah, he's thirty six. He just uh, happens to have insane physical attributes that carry him, and a genuine like technical edge on pretty much everyone in the light heavyweight division in uh, the area where he specializes. So I don't know what you say about that. what else you say about the fight. I guess Pereira's going to fight Jamal Hill next. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jiri looked better than some were giving him credit for. Uh, he had good ideas. He just had kind of nothing for Pereira when it comes to counters. If Pereira decided to go forward, it would have worked every single time and kind of did every time he attempted to. Uh, he, he mostly seemed to have all of his like all of his ideas focused around how to push Pereira back and, and fuck him up and then also avoid counter shots. But that's only going to work so much. I think he should have gone a bit more berserk on him and just like tried to kill him the second he got him on the fence. I, I would act, I wouldn't mind uh, them doing Jiri versus Rakic now. I mean, I would mind uh, watching a Rakic fight. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's possible to get a, an unfun fight out of Jiri if you're beating him. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like heavyweight. There's other stupid, violence lunatics uh, to fight in this division. 
I tell you that Jerry should fight Johnny Walker. You see, I don't like that one though because I think that uh, Jerry just wins too reliably. Yeah. I, I want to see Jerry versus Rackage because either Rackage wins and is forced to fight in a fun fight, or Rackage gets the fucking shit beaten out of him. So win-win. Well, I think Alex Pereira also just deserves like shout out for just one of the most impressive like cross sport accomplishments in combat sports in general. Yeah, there there's a bunch of discourse around whether. Uh, being like glory champ and then going over to MMA is as impressive as Henry Zudo's uh, like getting a gold medal than going and winning two belts and my thought is I don't give a shit they're <laughs> they're they're very different and I, I don't think that either is like like I don't think either is any easier than the other one like they're both very difficult so yeah no I mean I'm not like trying to get into a rankings argument or anything it's just uh an accolade that deserves recognition, you know? Yeah, it's pretty tight. Uh, he's got... There have been many high-level kickboxers who tried MMA for a payday and failed miserably. The fact that he's actually uh, had some protracted success as an MMA fighter that wasn't just fast-tracking himself to a title shot because uh, Israel Adesanya needed something to do and then kind of just cashing in on that and then kind of fading away. But he's he's a legit MMA fighter. Yeah, I rank accomplishments uh, maybe a bit strangely for this type of thing because I think that he's now better than Adesanya, like resume wise. Like Adesanya has way more fights and in theory has better wins, but uh, I don't know. Pereira beat him in their first MMA fight, and then they had to do a rematch for Adesanya to win. So I count the rematch win a lot less substantially than I count the. Or, like, I count that loss against him way less than I, I count the win for him. And then he's now beaten one of the best light heavyweights. Or two of the best light heavyweights, actually, because he beat Jan. Uh, I mean, is he didn't beat Jan? Yeah, and, and knocking out Strickland has aged pretty fucking well. Yeah. So he's got, like, a few good wins. And I, I think that head-to-head he has a lot of really good matchups still. So... He's a fucking great fighter. I, th- I think he, he probably cracked like the the top fifty all time MMA fighters just on like merit alone. Now, okay, so uh, co-main event. Um, Tom Aspinall just fucking waxed Sergey Pavlovich. Yeah, Pavlovich looked shaky. Like it, there was a a part where they they did some goofy ass d- defensive movements at each other. Uh, kind of like the the clip of Moicano and Aldo like fainting at each other and moving their heads, where uh, he came in to show a combination and then he missed a punch and uh, Aspinall did like a weird slip and then a pull back. It looked terrible, but uh, but uh, Pavlovich was like, "Oh fuck, oh fuck," and then just stopped the combination. They got knocked out like ten seconds later. Uh, I, Aspinall is him, it seems, uh, it, it doesn't really tell us that much again, cause this motherfucker is now the interim, uh, heavyweight champion and we still barely know anything about his, his potential because he's just winning all his fights immediately. I mean, that's got to tell us something at this point. <laughs> oh, it, it does tell us something, but, uh, it more just like hammers home what we already know more so than telling us anything new. But it was still pretty sick. Uh, he it wasn't even a super clean shot. He just kind of like 
tagged him in a, a weird spot, and then he, he crumbled and he murdered him. Yeah, I mean, it was the exact 50-50 fight that everyone expected it to be. Um, I guess there's something to be said for the fact that Aspinall keeps coming out on top of those. You know, he still got nailed with a, a big, wacky right hand from Pavlovich. Yeah, um, he took his power, he... and then Pavlovich couldn't take his. So that that's a, a good sign for Aspinall's potential. Oh, yeah, his, his, like all of his defensive reactions were still like way over the top. But he he just like he did a low kick and he threw quicker straight shots. So while Pavlovich is throwing his big loopy bungalows, he just gets nailed with a quick right straight to the temple and just kind of folds him. Um I think it's fair to say this is one of the cases where uh, an interim title actually means something and that there is a case that the interim champion is kind of the more legitimate champion than the one who has the actual belt. Yeah, I tend to think so because we already knew that Gon wasn't the best heavyweight because he lost to the lineal heavyweight champion. So him fighting Jones is like, oh, good, Jones can also beat the second best heavyweight or, or like the second ranked heavyweight. Yeah, and, he, and, you know, all he had done is knocked out Tai Tuivasa since then. Yeah, I think Don's like the sixth best heavyweight in the world. These are the guys who are actually active at heavyweight, beating the guys. Probably Steve Payton and John Jones are never going to come back anyway. And uh, whoever Aspinall defends against, they'll just make that the fight for the uh, undisputed belt. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just expecting Jones to relinquish the belt. And then Stipe did not fight again because he's not fighting Jones and he probably doesn't want to fight Aspinall. No, he was coming back for the Jones payday and that was it. I'm expecting John Jones and Miocic to not fight again. Yeah, I mean, that was a clear legacy fight that didn't really actually mean that much as a title fight. I guess we're just going to be getting through these real fucking quick uh, because that, cause the fights were... Uh, you know the the card was definitely meaningful and entertaining, and it feels like there should be a lot to say about it. But everyone just got fucking murderized. Yeah, uh, Jessica Andrade shot, but not as shot as she needs to be to lose to Mackenzie Dern. No, uh, I did. Dern looked think fucking terrible. She looked really bad, um, especially so for Mackenzie Dern. Um, I really, th I just got that feeling as soon as we were done recording. I was like, man, we really just assume that Jessica Andrade is going to lose to Mackenzie Dunn. I know Mackenzie Dunn had a had a good fight last time and Jessica Andrade is on a skid, but Jessica Andrade has been, she's clearly lost a step, but has also been losing fights that actually kind of make sense to elite fighters who are bad matchups for her. Whereas Mackenzie Dunn, she's not a good wrestler. She's not strong in the clinch. And she can be dangerous on the feet, but she's still a mess defensively um, and still is barely able to maintain a stance and consistently be looking at her opponent. So when she gets hit, she just has no idea and she's in the worst positions imaginable. And particularly when I realized that uh, she isn't, doesn't seem to be with Jason Perillo anymore, and it was like her dad and her boyfriend who were cornering her. I was just like, "Oh, this is uh, this is this is real trap fight vibes." And yes, yeah, she just 
I mean, she just got blasted in the mouth really hard whenever she tried to do anything. She still hit Jessica Andrade and chased her back with combinations, just doing it, flailing with her chin up in the air, reaching out to get into the clinch. And she got dropped for like four times before the finish. Yeah, there's a there's like different levels of shot, but there's also different types of shot. Jessica Andrade is not the type of shot where she just can't win a fight anymore or can't pull the trigger. She just can't hoss her way out of fights that she probably wins pretty clean in her prime, like Aaron Blanchfield or old Tatiana Suarez. Because Tatiana Suarez has regressed pretty badly, I think, in her off time. So uh, that was a big part of me thinking, if Andrade is not shot, she should be able to win this fight really hard. Uh, but both of them shot just kind of favors, or, or past it favors Suarez. And uh, Yan Janan just, just probably beats the shit out of uh, Andrade like at least a third of the time they fight like that that shot just happens you know also she's just a horrible matchup for Andrade in general um, like physical limitations aside she's just someone who can actually strike off the back foot and keep her feet moving behind the long range pot shot it was a surprise that she just one shot Andrade and, I th- and that probably doesn't happen in her prime like uh, in Jessica Andrade's prime but then it'd probably just be like the Joanna fight where she just gets dog walked and styled on for the whole time. So I think it really that single shot knocking her out could happen to her in her prime. I mean, it also could just happen any old time. It was just weird that Whaley Zhang hit Jessica Andrade with almost the exact same shot to start the finish. Um, but then she just had to like beat her up in the clinch a bunch more to actually get the job done. Whereas famous one punch knockout artist just fucking one shots Jessica Andrade with it that was surprising you know yeah and then the Aaron Blanchfield ones that's just that that was a mix of we didn't know how good Aaron Blanchfield was and it's kind of hard to pick against Andrade off of a win even though she looked shot uh or, or I thought she looked shot again against Lauren Murphy but you know we know she can still win fights if you give her someone that is not strong and is mostly a grappler if if you if she fights someone that's strong that is a grappler she probably loses now but if she fights someone that is not strong and is mostly a grappler then she beats the shit out of them cuz uh Dern hits hard but she doesn't hit the type of hard that you need to to actually hurt Andrade or get her to react in any meaningful way she'll just take a shot and then throw back if she's fighting uh uh, this was pretty much just if, uh, shit, what's the fight? This is if Carolina Kovalevich wasn't a striker and was a grappler instead. Like the same physical traits, just uh, someone that can't even punch her because she she landed a shot and it did nothing. Andrade's head snapped all the way back. She just didn't care. Yeah, when Jessica Andrade gets hurt in fights, it's when people surprise her. It's when people counter her when she's rushing in or it's you know when people catch her in sneaky clinch transitions and stuff like this you're a lot less likely to hurt Andrade just like rolling up to her and trying to bonk her with an obvious big right hand even if you land the shot she's just going to be more ready for it uh Andrade and, and Dern was predictable in hindsight but uh I, I think it was more so just the fight that taught us where Andrade is at for now. Sometimes it's hard to pick against momentum, you know? Momentum and, uh, I, I don't know, if someone's on a three-fight losing streak when I had previously had a really high opinion of them, I'm just going to expect, oh, yeah, they're just never winning again and then going to retire. But uh, it seems like Andrade still has 
like the want to fight in her at least. Like I, I always knew she was gonna not quit because she's tough as fuck. But it's about like the the training schedule. Like is she still trying to become champion? It seems like she probably is. So if you put a hunger disc on Drogon for she's probably whooping her ass. I think it's something else to consider with her losing streak is there's been a bunch of stuff floating around about uh Andrade's management. I haven't really like tried to go into too much depth of, with it, but from what I hear it's pretty troubling and sounds like Andrade has been totally mismanaged and basically just exploited. Um so the fact that she was you know, <laughs> you know jumping around divisions and taking these short notice matchups when if she had just waited and taken the right fight she could have been right there for a title shot at either division and you know you you then have to wonder how prepared is she for these fights how much does she even want to be here went through a divorce that was a pretty rough legal struggle i i'm under the impression yeah it's just just uh worrying stuff to to hear about you know but you know good good to see her get a classic jessica andrade win though Benoit Sandini uh, just rolled up and wiped out Matt Frivola. Yeah, pretty fucking impressive. Um, although it was impressive, but I, I don't really think it taught me a ton because Matt Frivola has been finished before. No, uh, that's the thing that happens to okay. Matt Frivola. Especially if you come at him really early. Yeah, if you really let him settle into a fight, then... Once he starts getting his range and his timing, he can be really dangerous. But uh, traditionally, the people who are dangerous early and just roll up to him and try and kill him, that works. I mean, Terrence McKenna... You also might just get knocked out by him, by him when you try that, but it's, it's a gamble that uh, you're, you should probably be willing to take if he's someone you're going to ex- expect you might have the horsepower and, and durability to take his shots and land on him. Yeah, I mean, Terrence McKenney is much worse than Matt Frivola and Benoit Sandini. And he knocked out Matt Frivola in seven seconds. Didn't, um, is it Polo Reyes knocked out yeah. Matt Frivola in the first in, round? Back one in minute. Day? Yeah. Yeah, and then he um, knocked out Drew Dober, Ottoman Azaitar, and General Valdez in a round. But those people came at him really hard and then just got clipped. But they. I wouldn't have been entirely surprised if either of those guys had just landed the shot on him. Oh, not in the slightest, no. Uh, but it's a, he's a risky fight for pretty much anyone that's going to have to exchange with him. Uh, but I, I think in hindsight, it was a it was a pretty easy gamble for um, for Sandini to go for, especially given that he has the the grappling ability to kind of throw that in whenever he wants to get Frivola thinking. The the actual knockout sequence was real bad by Frivola because he just dropped his hands and ran towards the power side. Yeah, this is the thing. It just it seemed like he never really even got settled into having exchanges because uh, he just gets chased away along the cage, and yeah, as you say, drops his hands and just gallops away into a left head kick. If I remember correctly, the sequence was he gets body kicked, he gets taken down, stands himself up, and then while trying to get away from the grappling exchange, he just expects a body kick because he's already been body kicked once. And it's like a half-second lapse in judgment that just gets him fucking clean. But that's the type of lapse in judgment that uh, you expect a fighter for Vola's level to not be making. 
it, it was it was a slightly amateurish way to to get knocked out by a, a body head combo mix up or like a, a body head mix up because the body head mix up works really well but that's like come on you you, you thought you were gonna body kick you right there <laughs> so yeah uh, i mean bsd is clearly i mean he's must see tv he called out gaichi yeah, I mean that's insane. Yeah, but probably not gonna happen. Came in there with Gamrot. Ah, uh, that's mean. To who? I, kind of both. I think it's disrespectful to Gamrot because he was about to get a title shot if uh, someone like didn't make weight. But also, I, like he really he could fraud check. Uh, just because he's someone that's actually going to be able to hang on the ground with him and probably win in those positions. Uh, but also he he might just get rolled up on and beaten the shit out of and like hossed by a guy that's really big for the weight class. So that that's a rough one where I'm not necessarily sure that I, of who I would pick right now, but I do think it's a mean matchup because uh, I, I think Gamrot is closer to deserving a title shot than uh than Gaethje is and Gaethje they need to give him just an action like an action fight. Gavros just had a a bunch of robberies and then a knee explosion win. Oh yeah, I don't think on merit he deserves it. It's just like on paper he's probably closer because Gaethje's already lost some title shots. So yeah, but also they they love Justin Gaethje and they do, but they also love giving Justin Gaethje a really violent fight. Gavros gonna have to do more i think to get to a title shot that isn't just off of like being able to be a short notice backup i i think they're probably more likely to give sandini someone like dan hooker maybe coming up uh he has a, a fight coming up against bobby green i believe but the winner of that versus sandini is probably pretty interesting or the loser uh sandini isn't in a great position to be calling for a, a way higher ranked fighter I mean, they already bumped him up to rank 11. Honestly, the winner or loser of uh, uh, Darius Sarukian, either or all, would be fine. I, I think if uh, Sarukian wins, he should get a title eliminator. He should. But, uh, yeah, he should. They might, they might just end up giving him sanity anyways. Uh, and uh, Diego Lopez knocked out Pat Sabatini. Yeah, this was another one where I was just like, I just kind of thought of like the grappling dynamic and assumed that Pat Sabatini would probably be able to stay up on top of it. And then it's like, Pat Sabatini is susceptible to just go up and kill the guy strats. And Diego Lopez was just kind of like, I'm not even going to bother trying to jump subs on this guy. And then just like ending up on bottom, getting, getting ground on, just fucking roll up and just wax the guy. Uh, it seems like Sabatini may have some durability issues. I mean, as well as the fact that he's still just learning striking on the job. Yeah, um, Diego Lopez defended the first takedown he's ever defended in his life. And then yeah. knocked him out, so. <laughs> knocked him out in the process of defending the takedown. Um, so, yeah, he he knew what he needed to do. Uh, just rough one for Sabatini. And, you know... Historically, grappling has never been the secret source at 145. Diego Lopez is fucking... He's just a maniac. 
they might give him like a like a real st- they might give him some some shit like Tapuria or something or not Tapuria not Tapuria uh, Evolve. Well, he already full Evolve. Well, yeah, but you fought him on short notice, so now they might just be like, hey, just like fight Evolve for real this time, like get a training camp or something. I think they should give him the Danny Gay test. A little early, I think. Uh, I think Danny Gay's settling into his, like, are you actually good or are you just a crazy action fighter, gatekeeper kind of role? I think if you knock out Pat Sabatini and submit Gavin Tucker, then, yeah, go go fight Danny Gay. Yeah, there were some other good fights on the card. Steve Ursaig, uh beat Alessandro Costa. It was pretty nice, but you got to see more out of Ursaig before I'm going to have, like, a, a good feel of of how to assess him. Uh, Lupita Godinez beat Tabitha Ricci by a split decision. It was a pretty, pretty close fight. I mean... I thought Lupita won, but I understand uh, the fight, like, if someone scores it for Tabitha Ricci. I think 30-27 for either fighter is, uh, is a, a little weird. Uh, well, I don't know. It was just the fact because they both got dropped in the first round, and then wasn't it? Loopy got dropped in the second round as well, which I think was how we ended up with two twenty nine twenty eights for Loopy, and then a thirty twenty seven for Tabitha Ricci on the other side. Neither one could really get any grappling success against the other, and Loopy's just a uh, more seasoned, experienced boxer at this point. Um, even though she did get dropped twice in this fight. Um, Mateo Rebecca got uh, he got a submission over Rose- Roosevelt Roberts, who was just a pretty quick armbar in the first round. It was, uh, it was just a, kind of a bad look for Roosevelt Roberts, but it's good to see Mateo is uh, a bit better than I even expected him to be. I, I thought there was a good chance he wins the fight anyways, but seeing him win that was like, that's pretty encouraging. Rubeski's been fun in the UFC so far and you know, this is the kind of thing that happens to Roosevelt Roberts it was neat uh, Vyacheslav Borshev fucking went to war with Nazim Sajikov yeah one of the best fights of the year yeah it was fucking crazy I mean Borshev I thought it was weird that he kind of he. I think he came out southpaw because he wanted to shut down Sajikov who is uh, more dedicated southpaw from just having the open side advantage but then it's like if you're not a southpaw you're probably just then going to be compromising your own like normal defense and shot selection i mean he was like still using it to get outside low kicks off a shit ton on uh sajikov and landing like wide southpaw left hooks then um, he just got dinged with a left straight and then as he was stumbling back got a head kick and then got like chased around and beat the fuck up for a bit um, then in the third round Sajikov was like oh yeah this guy um, you can just take him down literally whenever you want to but it seemed weirdly that in, even even in that third round after Borshev had gotten nearly fucking murdered in the second and Sajikov started um, pressing a wrestling advantage Sajikov just was more gassed and more, like, out of ideas of how to land on Borshev. And Borshev was just, like, I mean, he's just a fucking warrior, dude. And he just still kept the volume up in the third round. And he gets taken down all the time. But he just, like, goes to his knees and gives his back and then lets people fall off the top and then stands up. 
there's like his one move that he's okay at and it works pretty consistently as long as he doesn't fight anyone who's actually good at rear naked choking people. The fight was a draw. I thought that was the correct scorecard. And um, I don't know, people don't like draws, I guess. Uh, I feel like Dana White's just going to be absolutely furious that there were two draws two weeks in a row on fights that absolutely should have been draws and we're just never going to see another 10-8 ever again now. Uh, but yeah, fight was uh, badass. Yeah, and then uh, Silas prayed and prayed and prayed that Mark Madsen would get knocked out, and it happened. Jared Gordon got his first knockout in the history of of ever. It was sick as hell, dude. Like Mark Madsen, he just tried to host Jared Gordon around, but Jared Gordon's actually like decent in the clinch, and Mark Madsen doesn't have a particularly good takedown game for MMA. He was just trying to like. He was just trying to smash knees in the most, like, just lame MMA noob way ever, where he's just like, oh, just grab the collar tie and just, like, smash my thigh into the dude. Jared Gordon was just, like, really consistent about, like, turning Madsen to the cage and, like, getting head position and just pushing Mark Madsen up against the cage and just blasting him. And he just, like, knocked him out in the first round. It was badass. Yeah, uh, John Castaneda and Chung Ho Kang had a, a pretty good fight. Joshua Van is probably Jeremy Stevens. Oh, he's better at pressuring than Jeremy Stevens. And he hits. Better version of Jeremy Stevens, but I think temperament wise, he's just Jeremy Stevens. And he actually hits the body. I thought this fight was cool. Uh, I was um, surprised by Kevin Borjas as well, who it looked like had just totally gassed himself and run out of ideas within half of the first round. Um, and then really stayed in there against a guy who was really consistently pressuring him and banging the body. Uh, just like every exchange van was going like, you know, jab to set up wide rights and left hook to the body, left hook to the body to come over the top with the right hand. And, uh, you know, Boy has kept it together. I mean, you were saying he looked just like, oh, this guy looks like Edson Barboza because he's just like galloping backwards doing spinning shit. And it looks like he gassed in the first round, but he's surprisingly composed in this kind of fight and is still staying in there and firing back. It was a good prospect fight. He just struck me as a guy that was a really big fan of Edson Barboza because his punches were nothing similar. Uh, he, he's, he, like, hit pretty hard. He dropped Van in the first round, uh, and Van was fighting way harder ever since he got knocked down. Uh, in a way, getting the knockdown might have actually hurt uh, Borges, but uh, Joshua Van seems really good. I, I just think he's a bit of a Jeremy Stevens right now because he seems hot-headed. Like, he'll go up and, and try and fuck you up even if it's uh, something he could probably sit back for a minute and, like, wait to have an opportunity to go forward. But he was he was getting a lot done, and it's a good style to have if you're going to focus on that. I mean, kind of just like charging going forward is like part of the meta right now with uh, all the Charles Oliveira fighters. But doing it like a, a very nice boxy way. He, 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 it's like if Rob Font's shot selection had uh, Jeremy Stevens' temperament and body. Because he was kind of rote, but that's okay. He's 22 or something. You know, people clown on Jeremy Stevens, but he was actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm saying this from the perspective of liking Jeremy Stevens. And then Jamal Emmers just instantly knocked out Daniel Bazooka, really set the tone of the card. Jamal Emmers, not a traditional knockout hitter, just went up, went up and waxed a guy in a minute. 
Okay. Um, so I guess we'll talk a little bit about this fight night coming up. It's an Apex card. It's like actually okay in a weird way, but not a ton to get into a tremendous amount of detail about. Uh, Brandon Allen is fighting Paul Craig in the main event. Paul Craig's reinvented himself. He has hair plugs and he's a middleweight now. His beard is getting better and better every single fight. I, I don't get it. And he actually tried to finish takedowns against Andre Muniz. Um, so that, that was cool. It seems like Paul Craig has tried to like take MMA more seriously and be good at you know literally anything other than doing a triangle choke. And I'm not actually sure how I feel about that. Um, uh, Brendan Allen's just probably the best grappler in the division. Right now, I think is fair to say. Uh, he's probably the best grappler that enforces his grappling every fight. Well, you you say that his grappling comes up in every fight because it's uh, MMA. Offensively is what I mean by uh, forces it. Because like Vittori tries to grapple a bunch, he's just not very dangerous on top. Whereas Brendan Allen, if if he ends up on top of you, then he's he's pretty fucking dangerous. If you end up on top of him, then you you've got a lot to worry about still. Yeah, 100%, because um, he doesn't generally tend to offensively wrestle that much, um, or at least do it with that much urgency. He's really tried to build himself in the mold of, like, Charles Oliveira, where he's just like, well, I'm just the best grappler in the division anyway, um, so I can just go out there and do striking, and then I've got that in my back pocket when people shoot on me or just when shit happens and people get to the ground. I mean, I'm saying Charles Oliveira, but there's, you know... Nate Diaz, there's so many fighters who... Yeah, it's a tried and true tactic to just get really good at jiu-jitsu and then just focus on striking for the entire end of your career. Yeah, and Brendan Allen is dangerous on the feet, a lot more so than Paul Craig. Uh, they're both a mess, but Brendan Allen like uh, can hit hard and has some hand speed and okay mechanics on like his left hook, uh, and he's got like decent kicks. Uh, Paul Craig... Um, I do think trying to um, be more technical as a striker is definitely not a good thing for him because he's at least been able to like kind of shock the Vulcan Uzdemir on the feet just by being nuts and running at him and throwing punches and getting the guys so shit scared of uh, like being in grappling exchanges with him that he can just do whatever he wants on the feet if he actually goes for it. Um, but then, you know, Johnny Walker fight, he comes out, he's, like, actually trying to, like, feint and jab into range and do low kicks. It's like he watched a fucking Volkanovski fight, and he's like, oh, I get it. Whereas, you know, he also, like, has been knocked out a bunch of times because he doesn't have great defense or particularly good chin. And who knows how that's working out at uh, middleweight. You know, he fought Andre Muniz, who is not dangerous on the feet. Um, you know, and to his credit, like I say, actually did actual wrestling and got a normal finish from top position. It wasn't like some weird fluky shit. 
but but Brent Brendan Allen's just as you say, it's it's not even just if he's able to establish top position on you. He's really fucking good at sweeping people and just taking their backs and choking them. Yeah, like, he he could accidentally end in a position where he can just choke you real quick, or he could end up in a position where he's got to sweep you real quick and then choke you. Yeah, I mean, him and Andre Muniz just basically kickboxed for like two fucking rounds, in which you know even Andre Muniz was able to tag Brendan Allen on the chin repeatedly until like. Muniz actually tried to go for a takedown and just got swept. And I think after that, Brent Allen was just like, oh my God, I can outgrapple this guy so fucking easily. What was I worried about? And then just like the first time he tried a takedown, really nice, like reactive shot while Muniz was trying to throw a kick. Straight into side control, cuts through to mount. Muniz goes to turtle and he just gets the choke instantly. Same as uh, Christoph Yotko got Brendan Allen to the ground off of a kick and yeah, Allen was able to just sweep Yotko. And then like from half guard, like the way he got the the choke on Yotko was slick as hell because Yotko was trying to like post to get up and Allen kind of got this weird like side mount where he had uh, Yotko's leg pinned with his own leg. So he kind of already had like half a hook in. Um, So as Yotko tried to like like turn away to improve his position he just was in position to instantly get the choke off before he even needed to secure hooks or a body triangle so i don't know like paul craig's probably just gonna like try to like pressure and then just get hit a bunch and then do a shitty takedown and then brendan allen will just accept top position and then rear naked choke him is what i'm saying yeah, I'm going to subvert the expectations of absolutely no one and pick Paul Craig because I think Paul Craig is a big straight hitter that is going to be – I think he's really good at jiu-jitsu. It, like it's a, a bit of a meme that he was the, the guy at light heavyweight that was subbing people because they're bad. But he, I think he's good at jiu-jitsu. I, I don't necessarily know if he's better than – Brendan Allen. I am kind of memeing. He is actually good at jujitsu, but there is. No, I know you know he's actually good at jujitsu, but I, I, I'm just texting him because to kind of outweigh the the skill gap they might have. And also, he he is a bit more active with his ground and pound whenever he gets on the ground than Allen is. Yeah, I just I do still think there is some element of just like light heavyweights being dumb and bad and letting Paul Craig do stupid shit to them that doesn't need to happen. Uh, and oh, I agree. And uh, there, there has always been some element of people who confidently grapple with Paul Craig and have some depth in that area are able to compete and beat him there. You know, he got he got subbed by Jimmy Crute. Um, Volkan Uzdemir actually just like bounced his head off the canvas whenever he just wasn't terrified of being in his guard. Yeah, I just think Brent Allen's gonna have troubles. Uh like landing super clean on uh, Paul Craig enough to get much done. Cause Paul Craig is a big motherfucker. Uh, it, Brendan Allen's fought tall fighters before. And I don't really think the height's necessarily an issue. It's more just like the height mixed with him being a generally heavier dude. I think he could still be a light heavyweight pretty much. No problem. I mean, he is huge. And this but... is just him wanting to be at middleweight so that he can have a size advantage I mean, on everyone. He just has no defense though. <laughs> Oh, he has no defense, but uh, Brennan Allen, I'm not sure how much someone having no defense suits him rather than someone having defense they try that sucks. 
because uh, people like Bruno Silva, they'll get hurt because they're trying something that puts their feet out of position. Paul Craig's never trying some shit. He's just trying to hit you real quick. He's like, oh, I'm just going to walk forward and do like two straight punches at you and then throw a little kick. And I don't think that's the type of thing that Brent Allen really feasts on. Uh, and also, uh, you have to take into account like age. Paul Craig is is a grown man, and Brandon Allen uh, only mostly can beat up children. <laughs> Had to throw that one in there. I was trying to avoid it, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I it's, it's like partial analysis, you That's know. Why I don't want to like Brandon Allen, fighter. but he like he has good fights. Uh, well, it's getting into the mind of a fighter. We we go into this type of analysis sometimes where you kind of assess someone's character as as a a reason that you're picking against them. I think that he's insecure and uh, like quote unquote pops his children because uh, he's he knows he doesn't really hit that hard to to hurt most adult men. Yeah, I'm sure that's why it is. Yeah, it's got to be. Disregard any any cultural thing. It's all about his fighting style. I, I think Paul Craig is going to win. Uh, I'm going to say knock him down and submit him in the second round. It being five rounds is weird because I don't really know that, that benefits either guy. Okay. Uh, anyway, so um, I mean, anything else on this card really jumping out to you, Christian? I mean, I don't know what the fuck I was saying. Pat Sabatini versus Diego Lopez was going to be a grapplers paradise matchup when this card has Chase Hooper versus Jordan Levitt. Fuck yeah. Yeah, this fight actually has way more interesting grappling matchups than it has striking matchups. Yeah, I mean, you know, Michael Morales is fighting Jake Matthews. If he wins by funny levitating punches, then I'll be impressed. If not, then Jake Matthews is exactly where we already thought he was. Luana Pinero versus Amanda Hibas is pretty interesting. Uh, that should be someone that the winner gets to take forward in the division somewhat meaningfully. Probably get someone around like the five to eight ranking if they win. But Hibas just has, has been on a rough streak lately. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's to try and get back on the horse because you just got knocked out fight for Hibas, even though she was on a decent streak on paper even though the fights were looking kind of shaky leading up to that and uh featured prelim jonathan pierce is fighting you anderson brito a decent prospect matchup at featherweight uh, i'm picking you anderson brito by first round knockout because he hits hard and jonathan pierce has uh, never met a right handy he wouldn't he yeah, I think Orosh Medic versus Johnny Parsons is really fun. Oh, that's a bad uh, fight, too. I love Orosh Medic. I want, I want to see what's going on with him. Yeah, and Johnny Parsons, uh, he's kind of been like winning fights you wouldn't expect him to, or winning a fight you would not necessarily expect him to win reliably. But, uh, I mean, beating Danny Roberts is impressive enough to where I th I don't think it's uh, a complete wash. No, it's still one of those things where you're watching it and it's like, Danny Roberts, man, you really could win this fight if only you believed in yourself. You know, Danny Roberts has been old and been finished a few times at this point and never quite realized the potential that it seemed to have, even though when you see him doing his thing and it's working, it's like, damn, this guy's fucking athletic and technical and then he just takes his eye off the road and gets dusted 
Rosario Smedic just knocked out um, Matthew Samuelsberger. That was badass. Yeah, that's a hard motherfucker to knock out. Uh, so, pretty fucking good card. It's just... Uh, each individual fight isn't necessarily good, but the whole card together adds up to being a pretty decent night of fights. And it's kind of just like it doesn't have a main event. Like if Brandon Allen versus Paul Craig was the co-main event and then it had a main event, main event, it'd be like, oh, this is a card. Yeah, and uh, even though Jordan Levitt versus Chase Super sparks joy, it's not It's not like a crazy high-level matchup. It's just a bit of fan service. Oh, I don't even know, dude. I think Jordan Levitt's going to, like, kickbox the shit out of him. He's going to twerk strength him. He also pancakes Chase Uber if they grapple now they think about it. Yeah. For for some reason in my head, I'm thinking Jordan Levitt might win this clean. Oh, no. What if he just slams Chase Uber? Oh, that'd be pretty sick. Well, Chase Uber would then get knocked out, but be awake enough to where he would eat like 19 elbows and then he would recover and then Levitt would be tired and then they would go to a decision. Then they fucking go to war. Yes, that, that inevitably ends in a decision because neither guy uh, hits very hard. Wait, didn't Jordan Levitt knock someone out in his last fight? Like on the feet? Uh, let's check. I'm, I'm struggling to remember what his last fight was. I think he fought someone who's not very good. He beat a dude called Victor Martinez. TKO, elbows and knees. Yeah, I, I more think of it as anyone that's in the UFC is like good enough theoretically to knock someone out. It just like I don't, I don't really think it's a part of his game that he's someone that knocks people out. Uh, and Chase Uber's very durable. I think Chase Uber's probably going to get kicked a bunch. Anyway, let's get the fuck out of here. This has been a Forbidden Technique podcast. We'll catch you next week. We'll recap any fucking cool stuff goes down on this card. And I'm going to be uh, previewing pretty rad fight night headlined by uh, Benny Dariush versus Armin Sarukian. You know, Dan Hooker versus Bobby Green as a five-round co-main event. Yeah, this is a card. We'll see you guys then. Peace. Litter.